0: Welcome to another episode of May Contain Traces of Soy, the podcast all about surviving and thriving on a plant-based, zero-waste lifestyle. I'm your host, Rochelle, and if you're listening for the first time today, hello, how you doing? Welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited that you're here listening to this week's episode. This podcast is all about that vegan, zero-waste lifestyle, but it's also a space where everyone should feel comfortable. A space where whether you're just starting out on your journey like me or you've been at this a while, you're welcome. We also do shout-outs on the show where you, the listener, can get in touch with us and you can ask us questions. You know, you can suggest topics or guests that you'd like to hear on the show and we'll do a little shout-out for you. You can hit us up on Instagram, we are May Contain Trace of Soy, or on Facebook. This week's shout-out goes to at world underscore care underscore 2020 from Instagram, They say, I love the first episode. Thank you so much. That is one of our top episodes. It's called our top five tips for new vegans. And by far, it's been the most popular episode so far. They ask, what do you find most difficult about being vegan? And how have you been dealing with it? Thank you so much for the question. So I think the thing that has been most difficult about being vegan is the anxiety of eating somewhere that doesn't have labeled vegan options. So, like, places where you can veganize a meal, but it isn't labelled as vegan. And I'm always concerned that they don't realise that there's a non-vegan ingredient in something. So, here in Bozzy, there was a pub that labelled their pasta as vegan if you remove the cheese on the menu. And... They were using pre-made pasta, so it turned out that their pasta had an egg in it um, and it wasn't vegan. So I always get a bit concerned about non-vegan ingredients um, sneaking in when I try and veganize something at a restaurant. So I deal with that by choosing restaurants that I know to have vegan options or by choosing to veganize something that they can't screw up, like a salad or a roasted veggie plate you know, and just by being confident enough to clarify and question the ingredients and the sources and the cooking procedure. So thank you so much for the question. You can head over and follow at world underscore care underscore 2020 on Instagram. They are doing great stuff, raising awareness and sharing factoids about climate change. If you would like me to do a shout out for you on the show, just remember you can hit me up on Instagram. I am may contain traces of soy. So let's get right into this week's episode. This week, we're going to ask the question, are vegans healthier? Now, just to nip this in the bud, I'm not going to provide a flat yes or no answer to this question. Firstly, I'm not a health professional, okay? I'm not a doctor, not a nutritionist. This episode is just based on my research around this discussion, and obviously, any questions you have about your personal health should be directed to your doctor or healthcare professional, okay? Okay. So now that we've gotten that out of the way, (laughs) let's forge ahead. Something we've all been seeing a lot of in the past few years is people raving about the benefits of a vegan diet or more accurately, a whole foods plant-based diet. Now, if you're unsure about the difference between those two, you can check out my episode, Rebranding Vegan, The Rise of the Plant-Based People. But there is a difference. So a vegan is someone who seeks to exclude, you know, as far as possible and practical, the exploitation of animals for food, clothing, or any other purpose. So a vegan diet just has to exclude any animal derived products. That's your milk, honey, cheese, meat, all that kind of stuff. It doesn't mean that you can't have a lot of stuff that's still really unhealthy, like, you know, sugar and all that sort of thing. Whereas a plant-based whole foods diet, or a plant-based diet that some people follow, that is very much about having whole, unprocessed foods. So whole fruits and vegetables, legumes, you know, brown rice, all of that kind of stuff. So all the food is whole, unprocessed, and plant-based. So if you're simply following a vegan lifestyle and diet, it does not always mean that you are healthier. Okay, chips are vegan, dark chocolate is vegan, burger rings, Cocoa Pops, and Skittles. All of that tasty processed goodness is vegan. That being said, as a vegan, there is a lot of unhealthy stuff that you can no longer eat. You can't have processed meats, things like salami, bacon, you know, jerky. You can't have high-fat cheeses, and you can't have a good deal of junk food. As a vegan, your diet is generally lower in saturated fats, cholesterol, fatty acids and calories and higher in dietary fiber, magnesium, folic acid, vitamin C and E and iron. So let's talk about the what abouts and the where do you gets, you know, the kind of questions people ask you about the health implications of your vegan diet. What about your protein? Where do you get your iron? Where do you get your calcium or your vitamin B12? Firstly, rest assured, you can get all your vitamins as a vegan. Let's look at calcium first. So spinach has 1,183 milligrams of calcium per 200 calories. And the daily recommended dose of calcium is 1,000 milligrams. So calcium is also found in mid to high quantities in kale, broccoli, bok choy, and green beans. So you can get your calcium from your greens, basically. The daily recommended intake for protein is 50 grams. Now, you can get 50 grams of protein from a cup of lentils, a cup of chickpeas, and a serving of tofu. The daily recommended iron intake is 18 milligrams, and there's 30 milligrams of iron and 200 calories of spinach. Other veggies that are high in iron include leeks, button mushrooms, and asparagus. Omega-3 is another one people always bring up, and that's because they believe that you could only get that from fish, but you can actually get your daily recommended dose of omega-3s from chia seeds in your brekkie bowl, in your smoothie, sprinkled on something. You can sprinkle chia seeds on your evening meal instead of sesame seeds. Like, you can fit chia seeds into lots of different stuff, and it's packed full of omega-3s. So two tablespoons of chia seeds have as much omega-3 fatty acids as four ounces of salmon. It contains over 4,000 milligrams of omega-3, which is more than the recommended daily dose. Vitamin D is another one that people are always concerned about. They're always like, oh, your vitamin D is missing from your vegan diet. But the daily recommended dose of vitamin D is between 25 and 100 micrograms. And you need your vitamin D to be able to absorb calcium and magnesium. But this vitamin is something that your body can produce with a little bit of exposure to sunlight. So 10 to 20 minutes of sun exposure between 10 a.m. and 3 p.m. will help you produce that vitamin D. You can also get vitamin D, um, but not the full recommended daily dose from various types of mushrooms. Vitamin B12 is a really interesting one. This is one that people always come back to, you know, it's the one thing they say you can't get in a vegan diet. Now, while it's not naturally occurring in plant-based foods, they have added vitamin B12 to a lot of different things. So vitamin B12 is probably the only vegetable not found, sorry, the only vitamin not found in vegetables. But the people who ask you about it probably don't know where it comes from. They just know that they get it from their meat. So where does your meat actually get that vitamin from? It's not naturally occurring in those animals. It actually comes from the dirt on the plants that they eat. We could get it this way too if we wanted to. We just have to not wash our veggies very well. But no one wants to eat dirty veggies. So the recommended daily dose of vitamin B12 is 2.4 MCG, um, which is one serving of lean beef. Uh, Most people eat more than one meat meal in a day. So a serving of lean beef has 2.4 mcg of vitamin B12. However, one tablespoon of nutritional yeast has 24 mcg of vitamin B12. That is 10 times what you find in beef, and that's just one tablespoon of nutritional yeast. The great thing about vitamin B12 is if we get too much of it, our bodies can store it and use it later. It gets stored in our livers, so it can sit there and wait to be processed when we need it vegans do not need to take a supplement to get vitamin B12. Um, You can get soy milk that's been fortified with it. You can take nutritional yeast. You can sprinkle that in a meal or mix it into your pasta sauce. Your meat substitutes are often fortified with it as well. So you're going to be okay if you're vegan. You're probably getting enough of vitamin B12 than the average meat eater. Um, You know, that could be something that's happening. So you can always go and get blood work done. It's always a good idea to get your doctor to check out all of your vitamin levels, do your blood work. You know, we should all be getting checkups. And if you do find that you are lacking in any vitamins as, as a, as a result of your vegan diet, then just make sure that you include more of whatever you need to, to get that vitamin or take a supplement. It's really not that hard. And, you know, just because you're, vegan doesn't mean that you're going to need supplements, but there are omnivores who need supplements. It's, it's really not like that much of a big deal. So the last thing I want to say about that and about people asking questions about how healthy a vegan diet is and whether or not it's healthy at all. And if you're missing certain things, the final thing I'll say is that there was a 2009 position paper published on vegan and vegetarian diets by the American Dietetics Association. And it concluded that a well-planned vegan diet is healthy for all stages of life, including infancy, childhood, and pregnancy. So if you have anyone, you know, giving you grief about vegans being unwell or missing vitamins or whatever, just point them in that direction. I've put the link in uh, the show notes for that as well. So we've established that a well-planned vegan diet can be perfectly healthy. Is it healthier though? Well, the question is, healthier than what? Everyone is different, and they need different things. Some people, like myself, thrive on a vegan diet, and some people don't. But generally, there are a few big pros to the vegan diet. That is, a whole foods, plant-based vegan diet. So a whole foods, plant-based vegan diet has been found to reduce your risk of heart disease, diabetes, and some cancers. The research into this area comes from the work of Dr. T. Colin Campbell and the China Study. If this sounds familiar, it's because you may have heard them talking about it in the very popular doco, Forks Over Knives. If you haven't watched that yet, definitely go check it out. It's really interesting. The China Project, which was the research study where the China Study, the book, came from, looked at 65 countries across China. Using extensive questionnaires and blood tests, they gathered information on 6,500 adults. When the research was done, they had more than 8,000 statistically significant associations between lifestyle, diet and disease. They discovered that animal protein and plant protein act very differently in the body. So. Animal protein has a high biological value, meaning that those proteins are the most effective at growing cells, but that includes all cells, so healthy cells and cancerous cells alike. Casein and egg albumin, for instance, both help the young animals grow fastest. They also stimulate the production of more growth factors, particularly this insulin-like growth factor called IGF. Now, IGF is associated with higher cancer growth rates. Plant proteins do contain all of your essential amino acids, but not in the same ratio as the animal proteins. And so people say plant proteins have limiting amino acids, but that's actually a good thing. Their limiting amino acid seems to have a protective effect on the amino acids absorbed are not in the same ratio. And so they're more easily used. So for that reason, plant proteins do not turn on that type of growth hormone, the IGF hormone, and that means that you are less likely to have any kind of cancer growth as a result of a plant-based diet. Vegans have a 62% lower risk of type 2 diabetes. They have 40% less chance of developing heart disease Vegan women have a 32% lower risk of reproductive cancers and female-specific cancers like breast cancer and ovarian cancer. Vegans have a lower risk of cancer in general, and that is because of that IGF growth hormone. So the levels of that cancer-promoting growth hormone in the body are spiked when we have animal protein. So animal protein intake really increases those levels of IGF in our bodies whereas a plant-based diet will reduce the levels of growth. They will significantly stop that growth of that particular hormone, which will mean that there is less cancer cell growth. So in general, vegans have a lower risk of cancer, which is, you know, really fantastic for anyone following a plant-based or a vegan diet. That's great news. However, Vegans have generally historically had a higher risk of stroke, which is really interesting. So this is based on previous studies from the 1970s and the 1980s. However, they do believe that this higher risk of stroke was related to lower levels of vitamin B12. So the vegan diet back then is very different to what the vegan diet is like now, because now we have foods fortified with vitamin B12. And we are able to get it from stuff like nutritional yeast. It's in our plant milk. It's in our, you know, vegan meat replacements. So we are getting more vitamin B12 than we were when those studies were initially done and that data was produced. So as long as you're making sure that you're looking after your balance of nutrients and getting your vitamin B12, you should be able to effectively manage that risk. So that's good to know. So I guess what this comes back to now is, are vegans healthier? I mean, it really depends. If you're following a well-balanced, plant-based, whole foods diet, and you're getting everything you need and taking supplements when necessary, then you do have a lower risk of various cancers, heart disease, and diabetes. But If you are an unhealthy vegan, if you're eating a lot of vegan junk food or processed foods or a lot of sugar, of course that's not going to help your health. The same as, you know, if an omnivore was eating a lot of processed sugar or processed food, you would tell them it's not healthy. It's the same thing. It's not going to be healthy either way, whatever the basis of your diet is. However, If you are vegan, then you are not ingesting those animal proteins that lead to the rise of that growth hormone IGF, which does turn on cancer cells and helps them grow quicker. So in general, the bottom line is you can be a healthy vegan or an unhealthy vegan, but there are still going to be health benefits to your diet because you are still at a lower risk of cancer one way or another. So that is the research that I have put together for this episode. Now, I'm not a doctor, obviously, as I said at the beginning. This is just research that I have gone out and done and found, and I thought it was interesting and wanted to share it. And, you know, I don't know if the vegan diet is the right choice for absolutely everyone. I mean, it's definitely the right choice for me. Maybe it's not the right choice for you. That's a personal choice. But I can say that I feel a lot better on a vegan diet, and there's definitely some research to support to support the reality that vegans are less likely to get cancer. So, you know, I can't say for sure one way or another, healthier, and not healthier. There's definitely health benefits. Any which way you go about it, whether you're a junk food vegan or you're whole foods, plant-based or raw, whatever kind of veganism you're doing, it's still better for you one way or another when it comes to ingesting that particular Animal protein that rises um, that raises the growth hormone IGF because you're not getting that, you're less likely for those cancer cells to grow. Thank you for joining us for today's episode. This one was so interesting to research. I've included some of the links in the show notes to the research that I mentioned, but I would always say and I would always encourage you to go and do your own research on any and every topic. Learning is empowering, and we should be taking a meditated approach to our research. Find studies that support your position on issues, but also read and research the studies and articles that oppose it, because it's so important that we don't get caught in a bubble of bias. Always, always, always look at both sides of the argument and draw your own conclusions. Thank you for being here today. If you're new around here, just click that subscribe button. If you're on iTunes or Apple Podcasts today, please go ahead and leave me a little rating or a review. I love to read your reviews, guys. It just makes my day. They're so lovely. You can find us on Instagram at and Tain, Traces of soy and on Facebook. Follow along there. We share lots of tips and tricks all about that vegan sustainable lifestyle. You can hit us up if you have any questions about today's show or even if you just want to say hi. I love hearing from you guys. So that is a wrap on this week's episode. I hope it was helpful. It was so fun to research. And we will catch up with you next week.